to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show. Hey, it's it's time. It's it's uh, driving speaker box time. It's Monday night. It's eight o'clock Central Standard Time, and I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator, um, Jake, aka the Grip, aka Slick Doggy, uh, is not with us. He's missing. He's gone missing. A mystery is afoot tonight. Um, so you just you're, you're stuck with me tonight. So. Um, which is kind of appropriate because we're going to be talking a lot about horror, and maybe that's why Jake decided to not come in tonight. Maybe he's just he's just a scared, uh, or maybe the, the ghost faced killer got him. We don't know. We don't know what happened, but but uh, but we we do know we're going to have a fun show tonight. So um, thanks for tuning in, everybody that's tuning in on the live stream. You can always do that on Facebook Live, Twitch, or YouTube Live every Monday nights, eight o'clock Central Standard Time. Uh, if you guys are downloading or listening to the mp3 version of this podcast into the future uh so yeah uh be sure to tell your friends like subscribe all that stuff um you know we we try to keep this thing ad free um despite me sitting here about to crack into a delicious uh, refreshing uh q tonic for my um uh gin and tonic that i might be uh making later in the program with a delicious uh crispy juniper forward bombay sapphire gin but i'm not quite sure maybe i'll i'll choose some plantation five-year uh barrel-aged rum from uh maison ferran brand uh making great um pot stilled rums um but we don't do any advertising on the show uh and i like to keep it that way unless you're willing to give me a bunch of money in that case uh yeah let's do some commercials but anyway uh like subscribe do all that stuff we are going to be talking about scream i went and saw scream at the theater this weekend it was uh pretty awesome um and by pretty awesome i meant uh par for the course in terms of the way scream movies go but i will save that review for later uh i am just you're gonna have to bear with me while i get acclimated of uh hey loge web thank you for the sub um while i get acclimated to hosting solo but also piloting the you know um the studio solo like it's it's nuts how much stuff goes like cameras lighting screens like buttons keys you know it's it's just it's mass hysteria in here so um give me a second while i kind of get everything flying but um one fun thing about hosting the show uh solo is i can use the extra camera for dramatic dramatic effect so um yeah i don't know when i'm going to use that if i'm going to use that but it's it's a fun button to push um yeah so here we are here we are uh thanks for tuning in already we've got elise over on youtube we got sam over on facebook and obviously uh loge web over there subbing over on twitch thanks guys um but let's get into the news it's what we do first and foremost on the show while i sit here and make myself um a cocktail um because I mean I gotta I gotta figure out how I'm gonna do this by myself, um, and generally uh, liquor is is the way you get through um, being alone. So um, let's just do this while we uh, while you guys get in the chat, ask me some questions. I'm gonna make myself a little cocktail here. Um, that was a little bit of heavy pour, but you know that's what that's what good times are for. Um, Suntory times. A lot of stuff happened in the news this week. Uh, a lot of people were talking about. Uh, the new Peacemaker show, everybody's talking about that. Everybody's been talking about the Book of Boba Fett, which has been going on. Um, you know, rev mixed reviews coming on the Book of Boba Fett. I don't have Disney Plus, so I have not checked out the Book of Boba Fett yet. And I just don't have a lot of time to do it, and nor do I have a lot of desire to do it. So, um, but I've been hearing people being like, eh, you know, it's kind of the worst one so far, maybe because it doesn't have Baby Yoda, or maybe because we're kicking a dead horse so hard, hard that, it, you know, even the Sarlacc won't eat it. But what are you going to do? Um, but speaking of streaming stuff, this was pretty big news this week. Um, Netflix, guys. Netflix is going to be increasing their pricing. It's going to be... Um, 
it's going to be more expensive. And I assume Disney Plus is as well, um, because as Sam said on Facebook, he just wants his Ewoks live action series. Um, I would go back and revisit the two Ewok movies before you start making demands that your eyes don't want to cash. But, um, you know, these streaming services want your money. That's what they're in the business for. They're not in the business of making you fun, amazing content to just make your life more diverse and incredible and intellectualized and richer and fuller. And, you know, they're there to take your money out of your pocket. And, you know, they've been trying to figure out ways to do this for a really long time. And Netflix was kind of the pioneer of streaming media. And it has gotten more and more expensive. I think the last price hike was right before the pandemic or maybe during the pandemic when everybody's watches like October 2020 so um yeah like right in the middle of right right at the beginning of that shit um and they they were like you know what we're going to we're going to charge you more and and now it's funny because they have different tiers which is which is where everything's going right now you know even pinball which um you know, I'm sitting here repping my new uh, Pinpoint hoodie. You can pick those up at Pinpoint. Uh, if you are a fan of of our establishment, you can go in there. We just got them. They're perfect for winter. But the thing about these microtransactions, you look at like Xbox Live and you look at all these cell phone games like Farmville that helped start it all, uh, where they're really sitting here trying to figure out ways to just nickel and dime you to absolute doom. And... You know, one of the the, the, the things that, that Netflix, you know, had, had they had the two the two tiers. You know, they had the one where you could order the disc services, which is actually really cool. You can you can get a lot more stuff that's not streaming on that. But then you also have to remember to to mail your discs in, and you also have to have a DVD player, which a lot of people don't have anymore. Um, you know, people are getting this disc, trying to figure out how to stick it in their Roku Fire Stick or Amazon Fire Stick or whatever Fire Stick that makes videos happen on your TV. Um, but now they're 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 changing things up a little bit. They've got they've got three plans. They've got the um, regular standard definition. This is this is what cracks me up because none of this matters because if you pay for the ultra premium UHD whatever nonsense and your internet gets throttled like mine gets occasionally in here when you're like oh I can't see it you're you're hiccuping and 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 stuttering it's because you know the 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 powers that be are like ah oh, you know let's let's throttle them down a little bit of their data and maybe they won't notice um and most of you won't you know, uh, but anyway, the standard definition plan: one screen, uh, going up only a dollar, eight ninety nine to nine ninety nine. Not bad, ten bucks a month, whatever, dude. But then the standard plan, which is what most of you guys have, you can do two screens at a time in HD, but not UHD, which is they're going to be changing. Have gone up a little bit more from thirteen ninety nine to fifteen forty nine. Okay, but now the premium plan, premium, can allow four screens at the same time with both HD and UHD, and it's now $20 a month, making that one of the most expensive streaming services per month uh, out there on the market. Um, and, and you know, here's the thing, is I know that a lot of people are going to be going, ah, and like whining, and backlash, and saying, how dare they, and you know... I don't know if I had not worked into the film industry and if I had not known this business inside it out and if I had not owned my own business and all this kind of stuff and have just lived life, um, I would have been kind of on your side. I'd have been like, you know what? Screw you, Netflix, you dirty jerks. But man, I'm kind of on the side of Netflix with this one because we steal from Netflix on the regular like all of us do all of us do um you know i i, I almost 50 percent of the people that you know probably share a netflix password i share a hulu password i share my uh, amazon prime password with my folks and they share their netflix with me and um i don't know why i was always uh, just about to be a wallace sean sketch there it's like clearly we cannot pay for a whole netflix because you're going to steal from you, and they're going to steal from me. Um, that's a pretty good while, Sean. I've practiced. But, you know, we're all trading these passwords, and they've been trying to figure out a way to to f get the money from you, the viewer, the one person that's watching the one thing at the one time. But they fought. They're having to navigate all this stuff where people are like, you know, going to upend their subscriptions completely, and they don't want that. So that's why they added those users 
because we all know that there's not four people in the same house watching all Netflix. Don't be silly. Um, it's uh, I, I think that this is their way of instead of cracking down on password sharing, they're just going to charge you more and allow more people to simultaneously stream. Meanwhile, other other um, streaming services are really going to start cracking down on password sharing and doing doing things like you know constant verification when you log in and all that jazz and it's it's um it's just gonna happen you guys uh logan says my streaming accounts are basically a breadcrumb trail of ex-girlfriends <laughs> and he threw in the weeb emoji um you know that's just how a lot of americans live their life you know i mean uh one of the funniest things i ever saw i think it was a hulu um, meme where this guy, and you know, you can't trust anything that you see on the internet, but it's probably staged, but it was hysterical either way. But he uh, created a, you know, you can create multiple accounts in your most of these things now. And he created his as settings. And he's like, yo, I know my ex-girlfriend ain't ever going to check this one. And uh, I thought that was really kind of genius um, because then he can save all his user preferences and kind of go by undetected uh, with with you know viewing habits and because that's the weirdest thing about password sharing is you know all of a sudden you log in and it's like want to continue watching season five of you know dynasty or whatever and you're like oh what and then all your recommendations get all weird and out of whack and it's just it's just extreme chaos um but I'm here for it, you know? I think we should be paying for our media even though I am adamantly against everything being streaming. So, you know, I'm a man of, 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 of complicated convictions and this one is one of those like, look, pay, pay for our media. I have no problem going to Amazon Prime and renting a movie for $3.99. I do have a problem with buying a movie for $14.99 on Amazon because I don't get to keep it. See, so there's two different things. Like, you know, I remember going to the rental video store. I used to work at Hastings. You go to Blockbuster, you know, Crossroads if you're here in Northwest Arkansas. And, or just your mom and pop, you know, mega video or whatever. They also had like a tanning booth business in the side. Or just, I, don't, I don't know why those two things went together so much in the 90s, but they did. Um, you know, it's, as Sam just said on Facebook, you're just buying air. And, you know, as um, the, 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 the film Total Recall, uh, which is based on a very awesome book, um, that's what that, that was, the scary part of that is they, the co- corporations had figured out how to sell you air. And it wasn't like, oh, dude, three alien tits. That wasn't the point of the movie. The scary, like most science fiction is based out of something really terrifying of a reflection of what humans could be capable of. And this one was, you got to give the paper air, Quaid. Oh, do it. And, um, you know, it was companies rationing and, and, and killing people because they weren't paying their utility bill of air. And so my problem with streaming media is you know physical media you actually get to keep you you know you just keep up with it right but this you know all of us in these the new society we don't want to keep up with shit man we're like ah god you mean i have to hold a thing i don't want to keep things you i want to pay you to keep these things but when amazon you pay them the same amount if not more than it would be to just keep the thing and then they go you know what we don't want to we don't have the licenses to keep these things for you anymore and then it doesn't belong to you and you're like but i bought it it said i own it and it's like no no you don't no you don't you're, you're you're leasing it until your landlord kicks you out basically and they just like in arkansas landlords don't need any reason to break a lease they just can't because they wrote it so um it's a complicated thing um elderly child just said over on twitch just rented french dispatch on demand was good uh if you go back several weeks uh probably i guess a couple months ago on our um i believe youtube and facebook also keep archives of our live streams but also Spotify and our, our podcast. We did review it. Personally, not my favorite of the Wes Anderson movies, um, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Wish there would have been more about the the less vignettes, more character development. But well, what are you, you going to do? Um, elderly Child also asks, what if they let you download it to a drive? Now, that could be cool. That, you know, 
I'm okay with. You know, if 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 you have purchasing ability and and then also download ability, um, that is a form of ownership. You get to keep up with it. But that, not a lot of them allow you to do that. You know, I think they'll allow you to download it to one device. So if you're taking your tablet on a road trip, you can you can watch it or whatever. But that's not the same as, you know, back in the early mid-2000s when I had an entire hard drive full of just movies and TV shows that I was ripping DVDs and doing all that fun stuff. Um, very, very different, different thing. But um, I think that that would be cool. I think that would be very cool. But again... So much of what we own is on the cloud, going back to uh, Elderly Child's comment over on Twitch. If you'll notice, hard drives are getting smaller. Laptops, like their their specs are getting smaller. So much of what we do is cloud-based. We upload everything to the cloud, so nobody really wants to keep you know, drives. I mean, I'm one of those people. I mean, look at my set here. I'm in, I'm in a toy store of dumb physical media. Um, but uh, as Sam says on Facebook, he goes, remember those video discs that would expire after three uses? Yeah, those were crazy. Um, and what a, what a waste of trash. It was like the Keurig of movies. Uh, Solid says, friends and I have talked about the same thing with Steam libraries not really belonging to us. And, and that is true, too, because, um, you know, I was a big PC gamer um, growing up. And I've got just oodles of old disc games. I mean, I even have some old... Never mind, we're not going to talk about it. But um, I have some old games. And I was a fan of old games, too. Games that came out before, you know, quote-unquote, my time. And I was a big adventure game nerd. And so I would go and find ways to use, like, the floppy disks um, to install games and play the games until, you know, you could get, like, things like scum vm and all this kind of jazz but um but you know they don't belong to us they're they're these intangible things that exist solely on the whims of these companies that you know like movie pass may or may not last forever we don't know but we're going to invest in them for the time being with these promises of like this belongs to us and none of this shit belongs to us it doesn't at all um nox also asks how many aol trial discs i got um honestly hmm like you're talking about like in life or in my possession right now because um if 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 someone were here to entertain and regale you for like the 15 minutes it would take me to go um in in the office next door and dig around through some spindles pretty sure i could dig up at least two um because AOL was my jam. I got in so much trouble when I was a kid, and I don't think my folks are watching. But I remember um, when I got um, we got dial-up internet at the house when I was a kid, and uh, it was like, oh man, it was the coolest thing. And you're just like, all right, you know, mom, don't don't pick up the phone. I'm gonna be, you know, downloading one pornographic image over the next thirty minutes. Uh, but you know, it's like. Dee -dee -dee -dee. Mm, welcome, you got mail, and you're just like, oh yeah, hell yeah, I got mail, and. It's, and everything cool like the excitement of getting email back in the late 90s uh was just pretty amazing and now it's just like fuck email i gotta check my email nobody sends emails any anymore it's a baby's game um but mclean asks on youtube he says on a whim i looked up the vhs players on ebay and they can go for a pretty penny yes they can because again antiquated technology that's coming back into style not that vhs is a good format i don't know if you guys have ever heard my rant about vhs um a lot of new viewers are here and i've been doing this show for a lot longer than i'd like to admit but uh considering we still don't have any good advertisers yet um shout outs to rock hill studios that keep promising to advertise but haven't written me that check yet i'm looking at you blake um but um you know <laughs> The thing about VHS, VHS was a pretty wonderful format because what VHS did is it cheaply and effectively gave the power of um, distribution into the hands of small studios. And we're kind of in that weird middle ground now because small studios are able to get their, their movies on Amazon and Netflix relatively easily uh, because streaming doesn't really take hardly anything to distribute. But the problem is the, the gateway to entry has become so much more difficult because we're bombarded as an audience with way more choices than we ever have. It's like I'm, I know anybody that's sitting here in the chat has probably turned on Netflix, scrolled, turned on Amazon Prime, scrolled, turned on Hulu, and you scroll for like an hour and you're like, you know what, I, just, I can't find anything to watch. And, and, and what's happening there is what used to happen in the 80s and 90s when you go to a video store, except for you're in a physical space which puts added pressure on and you know 
oddly enough, it's easier, if at least for me, um, because the internet has made me impatient, like it all has made us all. Um, I don't like sitting there and hitting buttons to kind of scroll through a description and and the 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 whatever clip they deemed as the whatever of the movie. I you know. But being able to pick up a box and flip it over and see like, you know, six or eight screenshots, read a little paragraph, um, that just, that was faster and a lot more consumable than the the, 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 the things that they have now. And, and, and I found that with that constraint of choice in a building, I was able to choose something a little easier than having vast options, like, you know, um, ad infinite uh, options that, you know, get, you just get lost in the, in the, in the jumble. But going back to what I was saying about VHS, it allowed everybody to um, get movies out there. And you know, I'll, I'll give you the very abbreviated um, list of this. This I had this tangent when Blu-ray came out and when we were moving to streaming. But um, you know. VHS allowed so many more movies to get out into the hands of the public, and then when the advent of DVD came out, um, at the defeat of you know Betamax and some other and v, v, VCD and some other um, foreign formats, but it was more cost prohibitive to get it on digital, and so we lost the catalog of available movies to us by half because you couldn't. It was very expensive to transfer something from VHS over to DVD. And then it happened again with Blu-ray and HD HD DVD, which was extremely more expensive to get those ported to the the super high definition format. So our already once halved catalog has now been halved, if not quartered. And uh, and then we go to streaming, and then streaming just repeats the process. Although with streaming. You know, thanks to I don't know how it happens on YouTube, but that there's been so many low definition things that have been uploaded to the internet that we're 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 starting to come back and finding some of those lost films that were lost on VHS, finding their way um, back to the internet and having some new digital homes. Whether or not the legalities of that, uh, I'll check out. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer, um, but. You can, I mean, you can, you can check out, um, there's a lot of really lost films that I used to be really proud of having physical copies of, and, you know, it was just like a flex to, to other movie nerds, but now you can just like, I saw that on YouTube, um, but you didn't see it on VHS, dude. Anyway, VHS is coming back. Uh, what's going on in the comments there? Um, Elderly Child said, my dad just got the internet like two months ago and now has all the streaming apps and was complaining about how much time he spends just looking for something to watch. Yes, humans are creatures of choice. We love choice. We love exploring, you know, all the different flavors of Oreos and M&Ms and movies and whatever, but we can also drown in it. I think that constraint is a good thing um, to an extent. Like infinite choice is bad for us because we don't know how to choose. And when we don't know how to choose, we don't know how to be satisfied with what we have chosen. Um, it, it That's a whole nother psychological debate that, that, that I can tie into movies, but I'm not gonna. Um, at least says my biggest gripe about online rights purchasing is that my motherfucking PlayStation is still selling games from a decade ago for full price uh, for digital copies. Yes, because that's why they'd stop doing backwards compatibility so they could sell you the DLC. Nintendo learned it, and now PlayStation learned it. Now everybody's learning it. It's about getting your money from you. It's like, I already bought that, and then you didn't keep it, and they know this. And the shittiest part about it is old PlayStation games, and Castlevania Symphony of the Night is a really good example of this. Do not look good on the ported versions because um, a lot of these do upscale or whatever where they do pixel smoothing and all this kind of shit and it does not look good on HD televisions. So if you were to play the original disc, Castlevania Symphony of the Night on a PlayStation 1 connects to a CRT television, it would look a magnifique. But then you go and you go, wow, well, I'm going to pay $60 to buy Castlevania Symphony of the Night collection or whatever that doesn't even have all the bonus content. Um you would get in and be all pixely and blocky and in stupid border blah, and stretched and garbage butt and you're going to pay way more for it. It's actually probably cheaper to go buy a PlayStation. Well, no, it's not because the disc is really expensive. But you should have hung on to it is what I'm saying. Um, let's see. Uh, as Sam said, he chose poorly. I, You know what I keep forgetting to bring up here? I have the Holy Grail from Indiana Jones and the Holy Grail and it needs to be living on the set. Uh, I mean, you can't even some of the stuff you can't even tell what it is like my uh, 
like my Maltese Falcon sitting back here. It just blends into the background. Look how cool that is. Um, whatever, dude. Let's see. Sam says the Wii had no problem with N64 ports, yet the Switch can't seem to get it right. And that's probably by design. Um, you know, there's people out there that, that, that they spend their whole job is uh, figuring out how to get us just hooked enough but unsatisfied enough to where we'll still pay for it but then we'll want the better version when it comes out again like that it's the name of the game you guys but um anyway that's a long way of saying that netflix is increasing their price oh man what else happened in the news i got so many screens and everything's different um let's see uh quantum leap series is currently in the works um it's supposed to pick up right where the other one left off where well not right where the other one left off it's like how many ever years in the future and they're like well maybe we should investigate where sam went and um you know all this kind of stuff and they haven't said scott bakula is going to be attached but uh he probably will uh what else is going on um man netflix speaking of streaming they're making two back-to-back -back red notice sequels for that movie that no one asked for a sequel for for reasons unknown probably because we all watched it and again this is where things get really weird with streaming is that we vote with our viewership right and our money and when you go see things at a theater and you pay for them or you get bored and you watch them on netflix and we all as a society watch it they go well they must have loved it because a lot of people did the thing Executives are idiots, man. Um, the people at the top are all the stupidest of us because they're they're bred from lines of other people at the top, stupid people, um, and they just become like Humperdoo from Preacher uh, eventually. But uh, yeah, no one wants these, but we're all gonna watch these because it's like, oh yeah, it's got three people that are famous. Let's let's tune this in, and they go, yeah, see, we did it. Everybody's watching it. Just don't give them power with that. Um, Nox asks, is it going to be better than Enterprise? Very few things are better than Enterprise, except for other Star Trek series like Deep Space Nine and, um, well, Next Generation, of course. Um, maybe not so much Picard, because I don't, I don't, the more I think about Picard, the less I like it. Um, Elder Child asked about the GTA trilogy that was a port of a another port, and it's, yeah, yeah, all these ports just... Just buy the original, man. Buy a, you know what's amazing? If you if you go to your local, you know, thrift store for the blind or disenfranchised or whatever your local thrift store benefits, buy a CRT for like twenty bucks, and then um, which are starting to get harder to find. Um, and then you know, go to your local game swap store and buy a Super NES or a PlayStation and play it on that thing. You're gonna be amazed at how much better it looks on that than on your like flat screen HD waste of money television you're gonna be throwing away in six months because it's antiquated or the power supply burned out or there's a dead pixel on the screen or one of a million problems that that arise in modern technology because it's built like shit um, so we can buy more of it whereas those CRTs they still kicking baby I have a I have, over the holidays at pinpoint I had a CRT television that was from like the 1960s that was hooked up and looked great and we were playing music or movies on it all month long it ran for 72 solid days and uh, for over 12 hours a day and like a champ that's testament to cool technology um, as Knox said, attention eco economy, as they call it. And yeah, it's like whatever we give our attention to is what we're going to get more of. Uh, let's see. Uh, speaking of other pandering things that nobody asked for, Tim Allen going to be uh, thawing out his uh, role of Santa Claus in a, a new franchise for Disney+, Plus, uh, reprising his role as Santa Claus from the Santa Claus. Um, don't care. Um, you know, whatever. What else did I see that was worth talking about, guys? I think that's it. I think that's all. I think we should talk about what movies are coming out in theaters this week, right? Knox mm. said my buddy's 70-inch CRT just tied. He didn't have a 70-inch. There's no way he had a 70-inch. Um, the only way, I think, I think the biggest... CRT was probably 36 to 42 inches that actually had a cathode ray tube. Now, maybe if he had a 70-inch um, projection 
television, which was the huge one that had the screen and then the, the red, blue, and green bulbs in the back that projected the image onto that screen. That was probably what burned out, and those do burn out because those bulbs have a finite lifespan because they are not encapsulated inside a cathode ray tube. Cathode ray tubes do have a lifespan, but they're easier to clean and fix. Um, yeah, and I think that one of the reasons that they didn't get the cathode ray tubes, and I mean, don't quote me on this, I don't have Google, but, you know, I'm going off the dome, but I'm pretty sure they didn't get past that 42-inch 42, 42 Um because the amount of glass and heft and weight that uh, making a CRT that large would be, you know, it's kind of like the whole, you know, um, if ants are so strong, if there was a giant ant, what would it look like? And well, it would look like a pile of thorax because it would collapse on its own weight. Um, I think that's the thing that happens with CRTs is there, there's just a point you just, you just you just max out on the size that you can. But they're infinite resolution, which is pretty cool because um, they do not use pixels. It's... Um, I mean, they, they kind of do, but they don't. It's I, it's physics somehow, and uh, reading it makes you feel like a, a, a rocket surgeon um, and a genius. So um, check it out. Knox said that must have been it. It was massive, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was a projection TV. You probably had to wheel it out. Huge. Um, and those were cool. The only problem with projection TVs, because of the nature of their rear inverted projection, is sometimes they would get out of sync, and so you'd get ghosting. You'd get like a red shadow on certain subjects, and they tend to go out of focus um, pretty regularly and hard to see from the sides, like if you're standing over to, the, to an angle, which early flat panel televisions or flat panel uh, LCD monitors had the same exact problem because you're backlighting a, um, 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 the, the liquid crystal display does not have its own lighting so you're having to backlight that and so the light goes this way and when you're looking at it this way ugh, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go into that science but um but I know how it works uh Elisa says poltergeist tv if you haven't noticed I have four of them here on on set um because I think that static is really fun and also static is something that doesn't exist in our world anymore no it exists all actually around us um i want to let me see if i can dust off my big fat wrinkly ass brain here for a second um and one of the reasons I think that static is so cool is um, I, th- I want to say that it's electromagnetic waves that are bouncing off of our ozone layer that are being picked up um, by you know the, the the technology that 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 is a CRT and that's what's causing that static that you see is is all that you know the the, the distortion and the, the, those waves and the frequencies that are flying through the air all the fucking time, but. As technology progressed, they, um, and of course, static is jarring when you would go to a a station and just all of a sudden, and you're like, ah, Jesus Christ. So what they did in the late 90s, they would, um, with digital televisions starting to come out that still use CRT technology, they would make that blue screen. So when it would detect static, it would just go to blue. And now that uh, modern TVs don't even detect shit because they don't have antennas anymore unless you get one of those digital antennas, so they don't even do that stuff anymore. Um... Yeah, the static just doesn't it's not anywhere in our world, but with old CRTs, you can you can you can get into that static that's all around us. Kind of spooky, huh? And EVP, uh, electro voice phenomena, uh, if you speaking of poltergeist TV is, you know, you use things like this and record it on uh, analog equipment. That's how you hear ghosts, dude. Um that's I mean if yeah, you can't you can't talk to ghosts without a CRT. That's how it works, man. EVP. Look it up. It's really nerdy. God, I have... This is what happens when I host the show solo. I just talk about science and parascience and stupid shit. Uh, Knox asks, that's what got between me and my booby channels? Well, in the booby... Oh, man. Here we go again. In the booby channel era... Um, there was, there was actual scrambling technology that would go in to, to make the signal, um, distorted in a way. And so you, you basically pay to unlock the scrambling technology on those deals. That's why I learned to solder, which you, uh, I don't know if you heard that episode several weeks ago. And that's how I taught myself to solder because when I was a teenager, I tried to build myself a cable descrambler off of plans I got out of like a stupid magazine or an internet website, or pretty sure it was the anarchist cookbook. 
And I tried to build a cable D scrambler so I could get at them boobies, and it didn't work. Um, but I learned how to solder. Let's see. Oh, Sam, there you go. That's about the scram scrambled channel. So it's it was just a piece of technology involving, you know, um, I mean, everything is resistors, transistors, diodes, and 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 all of that stuff, and certain yeah. Guys, just go get a a, a electrical engineering book and just flip through it i mean that's not why we tune into the drive-in speaker box is it maybe it is i don't know maybe it is now um yeah uh, i realized i only brought one bottle of tonic and that was a mistake um i guess we'll just switch to straight gin so let's talk about what's going on in theaters this week so we've got a couple of movies coming out this week. Uh, one that we talked about a while back that um, we were kind of excited about on the show because it looks absolutely ridiculous, and it's called Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, and it's from director Guy Ritchie, starring Aubrey Plaza, Jason Statham, Josh Hartnett, and Hugh Grant, and uh, I don't know why my Hugh Grant sounded like Antonio Banderas, but we're sticking with it, um, and it's uh, about special agent Orson Fortune and his team of operatives recruiting one of Hollywood's Biggest movie stars, played by Jar Hartnett, uh, to help them on an undercover mission where the sale of a deadly new weapons technology uh, from Hugh Grant threatens to disrupt the world order. Sounds ridiculous, but I'm kind of here for it. There are certain brands of action movies that I am all about, and this one is kind of one of them. And as Elderly Child said, yes, a Guy Ritchie film, exclamation point. But, you know, I... <sighs> Maybe I would say, gosh, maybe 2008, I would have said, yay, a Guy Ritchie movie. But he's had a load of stinkers since then. I mean, you know, you go and see the Aladdin movie that he did. And then you see, what else did he do? He did the um, the King Arthur movie that just felt kind of weird. And then, you know, the, uh, the Sherlock Holmes one was okay, but the Game of Shadows one was not. Uh, but he, you know, and then it was Rock and Rolla, which, I mean, I, had, I need to revisit Rock and Rolla. But, uh, but you know, you, you, you go back and, like, Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels were so good. They were just so good that we keep wanting, and, and the first Sherlock Holmes. Um, so, yeah, I guess 2008 would, as Elderly Child just said, stuck in 2008. That's where we'd be. But, you know, and The Man from Uncle wasn't too bad, did not get a lot of good reviews, but it's a thing that, that exists. Um, he signed on to do an Aladdin 2. Um, he's, you know, got this other movie called The Gentleman, which I've not seen, and there's a TV series based off of it. Did I see The Gentleman? I don't remember if I saw The Gentleman. Yes, I saw The Gentleman. I forgot about The Gentleman. That movie was okay, but I can't believe they're doing a TV series about it. Um, that was the one that had um, Matthew McConaughey, and he's like, oh, I'm, the, I'm the dirty lion, alright, we're gonna roar on you, baby, and, uh, and then he gets killed or something like that, and Hugh Grant's in there playing a bad guy, now I remember, now I remember, um, but this movie looks like he's trying to return to that snatch sort of style and I am okay with that I do like Aubrey Plaza I think she's both hilarious and attractive and I think the hilarity is what makes her more attractive but that's just my personal taste uh, Jason Statham um, one less job himself um, and I really like Josh Hartnett I know I've said it a lot I, I'm gonna say it again I like Josh Hartnett and uh, he usually does not pick really bad roles. Some people will say Bunraku's not a good movie. Those people are wrong. I think it's a fun movie. I think it's a fine movie. Um, but anyway, um, that's coming out this weekend. Uh, Sam says he has the same problem with Guy Ritchie that he has with steak. Too high of expectations. Uh, maybe that depends on where you're getting your steak, bro, and how you have it done. Medium rare all the way, only from respectable steak restaurants. If you over there at the Sizzler trying to get a good, well-done steak, my, my guy, you're never going to get your your snatch of steaks. Maybe I probably should have picked your, your lock stock and two smoking um, charcoal grills. Of uh, Nobody wants 
steak snatch or snatch steak. That sounds Jake would be giving me the look. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna acknowledge that and then I'm gonna move on from snatch steak. Um, but you always want it medium rare. Um, let's see here. Also coming out in theaters, we have the new Pierce Brosnan jam. Now this movie looks like it's straight to DVD. I don't know if we're getting this in the theater or not, but it's got William Hurt, Benjamin Walker, Kaya Solidario. Uh, it's directed by Sean McNamara and it's called the King's daughter. It is a action adventure family fun for the whole family movie. Um, and elderly sad child says family friendly show. Um, yes, Yes, it is. Um, I have said nothing but PG words tonight. However you interpret those words is up to you. Uh, but The King's Daughter coming out this weekend. It's about King Louis XIV's quest for immortality, uh, leading him to capture and steal a mermaid's soul or something, or, or life force, or regular voice, or ah, however that works. But um, And then it gets complicated by his illegitimate daughter's discovery of the creature. And maybe they fall in love, and maybe they trade sea legs, and maybe it's just the little mermaid. I don't know. Um, but I don't know why mermaids are immortal, but, um, it looks, it looks like a, a family fantasy action and adventure or romance. I mean, I'll probably watch it because I'm a sucker for dumb crap like that. Um, I do love a good high fantasy adventure. I mean, honestly, I love an adventure. Ad ad adventures are hella fun and, um, everybody should enjoy them, but I don't think this one's going to be very good. I don't think it's going to be good at all. Also, coming out, um, uh, what is this one? I don't know if we're going to get this one wide release or not, but it's called Redeeming Love. It is um, from DJ Caruso, star stars Abigail Cowan, Tom Lewis, and Famke Jassen, and Logan Marshall Green, about a, um, a child prostitute uh, falling in love um based on a novel so sounds dark but also heartfelt um yeah redeeming love i mean that's that's a pretty dark spiral there it's like you know when a heart knows nothing from betrayal well who hurt you well i don't know a childhood of uh, forced prostitution yeah that's a pretty dark one um but uh but maybe the 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 kiss of her one true love will let that ice melt and um Man, that sounds really, really dark. Uh, but it's coming out. You can check it out at your local theater. Grab just like some nachos, some gummy bears, some Twizzlers, some milk duds and popcorn, and watch this romance about child prostitution. Um, oh, yeah, I forgot that straight gin. Um, but that's what's coming out in theaters this weekend. Guys, you can check it out. You can check it out. Or you can check out all the movies that are already there that you haven't seen yet and just support them in theaters because that's cool. There you go. Let's talk about Scream. We've been chitter-chattering for... can't believe I'm already 45 minutes deep into the show and we haven't even started any uh, movie talk. But Elisa says, At some point, the quality of movies and remakes and sequels being pumped out is going to kill people's interest in going to movies in a time where theaters are already in trouble due to streaming. Yes, this is 100% accurate. I could write a thesis on this, and if you watch the show pretty regularly, I do I do tiptoe around. Well, I don't tiptoe much of anything. I just straight up boot kick things in the nuts, and this is one of those topics that I do a lot, because, uh, and this is something I'm going to talk about in my review of Scream, so very good comment there. Thank you, Elisa. Um, Scream 5, which is just called Scream, which is the title of the first movie, which it's confusing. Just call it Scream 5, please. Um, which I don't know who they're tricking. Like the red box, the red box people maybe have just somehow gotten into Hollywood. We're like, well, we can't call it Transformers. Let's try call it Transmorphers. And then they'll rent it thinking it's, <laughs> it's, it's a new Transformers movie. And like, no, just call it Scream 5. You're not tricking anybody into thinking this is a new movie, considering the whole movie is about the fact that it's the fifth movie in a franchise. I don't know. I hate these naming conventions. Just put a number on it, please. Um, 
And maybe if Wes Craven were alive, he would have demanded a five on that. Because now it's just going to be confusing because now it's called Scream 2022 in parentheses. Um, but I guess it makes Google searches better, which is this is the way that the, the executives think. It's all about Google searching. And, oh, well, when they Google search regular Scream, they're going to get the new one. <laughs> we got them. Uh, anyway, Scream. New Scream. It's in theaters. Came out this last weekend. Making all the money. Took number one to the box office. Dethroned Spider-Man. It's good. We all know it's good. It's good. Um, Wes Craven. Let's talk about Wes Craven. Wes Craven, um, pretty amazing dude. Wes Craven, uh, man, you know, I talked about him a little bit um, last week about Nightmare on Elm Street and how nobody wanted to get that movie made. And thanks to people taking risks, that got made, and it became one of the biggest icons in horror. I mean, you go and you look at movies like Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, People Under the Stairs, you know, Swamp Thing, which I think Revisited is a way better movie than people give it credit for, and if Jake were here, he would back me up on this, except for Swamp Thing 2, they had like that weird, trippy, acid penis, uh, we're not going to talk about that. Um, you know, Shocker, which I think is another underrated Wes Craven movie, going back, it's hilarious, it's not great, but it is a lot of fun. Vampire in Brooklyn. I mean, we, you know, it's pretty much his entire catalog. It's pretty fun stuff. Um, you know, he ha has just been heralded as one of the biggest dudes in horror. And Scream, 1996. We've talked about this. It reinvented a formula and. For better or for worse, what Scream did so right is what movies can't seem to do right anymore. It's take something that we've seen a billion times and make it fresh and new. And this movie, while enjoyable, still can't figure out, while it still continues to do all of the sort of acknowledging their jumping shark and making fun of itself for being pandering, it's like you're still not understanding what all of this means it's like yes you're repeating and going ha ha because we we make a joke about it in the movie means that we're aware they're not a really aware of what's really happening and it's their inability to make something new even this and scream has always been about a formula because it parodies the first one is a dark comedy it is a parody make no mistake Wes Craven has gone on he's like this is a parody of slasher movies that reinvented slasher movies and made slasher movies relevant again and you know Scream is also one of the few horror franchises that each subsequent sequel still carries on the same formula that the first one sort of is poking fun at, and they can become predictable, but predictability and tropeability is what makes them kind of good. And it follows the same four characters through all of them and their tertiary, you know, root system of other characters that get stabbed and murdered and, you know, whatever, until this last one. And the last one, you know, it, it parodies itself so much that by this time, if you've watched all of the Scream movies, you know, uh, Courtney Cox's character is a famous journalist turned writer turned responsible for making these stab films um, that are about, you know, what has happened through the course of these other movies. So it's becoming so unbelievably meta and layered, which does not make it smart, mind you. Um, it just makes it kind of fun. And... You know, we get to this one when I think part three was supposed to be the end of it when Wes Craven was like, peace out. I don't think he had any involvement with the fourth one, if I'm not. I, 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 no, he did do the fourth one. He died, didn't do this one. It was the writers that changed um, in the third one. And then the original writer, Kevin Williamson, came back for the fourth one. But none of them were involved in this one. Not even the original production company, because it was Dimension Films, which I don't even think exists anymore. Now this one's out in Paramount. Um, anyway, that's a whole thing. And, you know, Marco Beltrami, who I don't even know if he's still alive, did all the music for the other other Scream films. Um, I think he's still alive. Yeah, he's 
Taco Bell Trump, he's still alive, but he didn't do it. Uh, Brian Tyler did, and while I do like Brian Tyler's work, um, if you guys don't remember the origin of Driving Speaker Box, it was all film score related, so I'm, I'm going to try and not super geek out on you on film scores. But I'm telling you, Marco Beltrami nailed the music for Scream. Part of the cool thing about Scream was its film score. This movie didn't nail that. And I think that that was the biggest weakness of this film, is the music wasn't as engaging as it was in the other one, is setting up the sort of campy slasher vibe um, of the previous in the franchise. But this one, story-wise... It checks out. It does everything that you think it's gonna. And just like in classic Scream, you know, lore, the first person you think is the person who did it. And that's the fun part about Scream is you're just like, oh, duh, of course. And then you watch the characters like totally scramble through the whole thing and finally get to the end. And it's it's as entertaining as it is frustrating. Um, there are a couple of interesting plot twists that people are like, oh, I can't believe they did this. I can because they're trying to put the series to bed. And... They kill off a couple of main characters, which, you know, you you you, you totally see coming. Um, but, you know, it's really weird watching Anev Campbell and, you know, Courtney Cox and David Arquette, like, 25 or so years later in these roles. David Arquette's still kind of a boss. Um, Courtney Cox is still, I mean, she's had some work done. But Nev Campbell, hey, what up? Call me. Um... I went back and watched the original Scream again right after I watched this to see how it, it kind of ties in and, 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 and holds up, and it did pretty well. Um, let me see. Let me go in the comments. Sam says, my favorite part in Scream was when Sydney landed on the killer's dad's boat. That suspended my disbelief for just a second. And um, the don't film fear the Reaper cover from the first film, well, it comes back in this one. Um, let's see. Uh, Sam says, you can't kill David Arquette. Well... You didn't see this movie. But in most of the movies, no, you can't kill David Arquette. He keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming. But, you know, the interesting thing about this is, you know, there was a TV series that I didn't watch, didn't care for it, came on MTV, doesn't have anything to do with these movies. But this film, it's fun. It's a fun slasher movie where you, where you see these femme fatales kind of get back in action but now they're hardened to basically to the point of jamie lee curtis which they reference jamie lee curtis in this movie because they you know the there's always the one film nerd uh who's like i can't even believe you guys everybody just seems to be there's always the one fan there's always the me of the group that's you know the 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 nerd that can't get laid that's super into horror movies and it's just like guys this is how it's gonna work out and um yeah i'm totally that guy but um, it follows all those same formulas in a way that's fun. Like the killer, it, it, they, they tie it into a weird sort of, you know, uh, why these people would ever be doing this makes no sense at all, ever, even in this movie. I'm trying not to give any spoilers away, but when 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 the MacGuffin is revealed, the, the whodunit is finally unmasked, and there's always two, just like in Scream. Um, you know, you, you, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, I got it. But the journey is is more fun than the reveal, you know, because the reveal in this one also seemed a little far-fetched, you know, more far-fetched than the first one, which was just his psychopath friend, uh, a dude and his psychopath friend just talking his other friend into like, wouldn't it be cool if we just killed all our friends? <laughs> Rad, dude. But who can say no to Skeet Ulrich? Um, but speaking of, that was the weirdest thing of this movie was seeing... Old Skeet um, with that anti-de-aging CGI, whatever. He kept coming back in like flashbacks of, you know, uh, approving or disapproving nods. He he only said a couple of things, and those were they were terrible lines. Um, felt very forced, but it was weird to see that anti-aging sort of stuff um, on a character as 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 pointless as Skeet Ulrich. It was un completely unnecessary to have him in the movie, but I know why they did it, and. Um, it, it didn't add or take away anything from the movie except for going, oh, weird, you know, look at his plastic face. He looks so, he looks so plasticky version of his original self. But if you're into jump scares, there's some really, really, really funny, um, intentional moments. There's a scene that I particularly enjoyed 
where you know the killer's always behind like a door you know it's like oh you turn around boom there he is um and there's this the scene where this person's just going about their day and you know the killer's nearby and it's like every cabinet door the music like starts to get and then closes no bad guy. Oh, the, the, the mirror. No bad guy. Oh, the laundry room door. No bad guy. Oh, the basement door. And this is like five times. And, you know, by the time the killer comes out, you just laugh. And, um, and again, it's this sort of perpetual in on its own jokes that give the series strength, but also become this version's weakness. Because at a certain point, when you start describing requels, and how Hollywood can't come up with new ideas, dude. And it's like, yeah, but they're selling us a not new idea, dude. And it doesn't matter how many times they say it on screen. doesn't make this film smart by acknowledging that it's dumb. It means it's extra dumb. And what's smart is they know that we're going to pay for it. And, um, you know, I think that that's the biggest takeaway from this movie is that it knows that they're out of ideas. Hollywood knows that it's out of ideas, but Hollywood also knows that you're willing to pay for them to not have any new ideas. So it's just this, this constant Ouroboros of us eating our own boring tails and complaining about how our tails taste. And, um, and, and, and I don't know how to stop this cycle. I mean, I do, but I don't know how to get all you guys on board with my insane prophecies. Um, yeah. You know, what are you going to I mean, it all goes back to voting with your dollar. And I went and saw this movie. So we're going to get a Scream 19. I don't know. Hopefully we don't get another MTV Scream. That would be terrible. I'm going to tell you right now. That would be terrible, guys. Don't do it vote with your dollar i knew i get a chance to use that um there it is man it's 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 fun it's goofy it uh scratches the itch as i say and people get stabbed and if that's what you're into yeah you get to see nev campbell you get to see david arquette you get to see courtney cox you get to see um you get to see him and, and, and you get to see a ghost face, you get to see the same knife, you get to see a lot of scenes played out the exact same way, you get to see the exact same one hour, 51 minute runtime. you get to see all that stuff uh, again. What's your favorite scary movie? Tara. I mean, Sydney. I mean, Drew Barrymore. I mean, part two. I mean, part three. I mean, part four. Um, yeah. Everly Child says we got to go back to Hollywood and stop these movies from being made, just like Jay and Silent Bob. Maybe that's what the new Quantum Leap's going to be about. It's just going to be about Scott Bakula going back in time and going, you know what? Let's not make a sequel to this movie about guys driving cars real fast. And, uh, and then let's see what kind of future we'd live in, what kind of utopian society that we'd all, you know, be sharing and there'd be no COVID and, uh, everybody would be like happy to see each other. And, you know, we wouldn't have Karens. Uh, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be bliss, man. It'd be total bliss. Um, and as Sam says, I'm good, not worth leaving the house. Um, you know my feelings on that. But there you have it. Scream. Just scream. Scream 5 in theaters right now. I got to do the box office report because I'm out of time. I didn't, think it, I didn't think it would go this fast. It's been a very, very long time since I've done a solo show. I hope you guys have enjoyed my solo ramblings with you tonight. Because it's been a long time. I feel like I'm out of practice, but maybe I'm not. I don't know. Uh, top 10 movies in America, the week of January 14th through 16th. That was just this last weekend, 2022. Let's get cracking with number 10, Matrix Resurrections. Speaking of beating dead horses, uh, $823,000 at the box office. Ooh, that's a big fall from grace. Four weeks. Four weeks for Warner Brothers only brought in $35.8 million. 
Number nine, Licorice Pizza, uh, which, you know, we've reviewed almost all of these movies, so you can go back in previous episodes and check it out. Licorice Pizza, $883,000 at the box office. Um, cool that they're beating Matrix Resurrections, considering it's in about a thousand less theaters in the country. Uh, eight Weeks has brought in $9.5 million. Number eight, West Side Story, bringing in 942000 in its six week in release, bringing it up to $33.7,000 at the box office. Um, $33.7 I said thousand i didn't mean to uh, gin and rum sorry number seven american underdog 1.5 million dollars at the box office from lionsgate bringing four weekend total of four or 21 million dollars to the box office um this one kind of surprised me number six bell uh from g kids coming in at 1.6 million in its opening week not a good opening but you know it's for the kids and that's how it, it went down number five the king's men man King's Man, the single one man, $2.2 million at the box office, four weekends in release, brought it up to $28.5 million domestically. Number four, the 355, which we talked a little bit about last week, uh, second week in release, $2.2 million this week, bringing it up to $8.3 million in its two-week run. Number three, Sing 2, another requel, another remake. Bringing in $7.9 million at the box office. $119 million at the box office after four weekends in release. Number one, Spider-Man No Way Home. Bringing in another $20 insane million at the box office. Five weeks in release has brought in $698 million at the box office. Holy crap. Um, it's That's just domestically, guys. That is not worldwide. That is stupid staggering amounts of money um that is worth leaving the house for i guess uh and the number one movie in america doing a very good opening week uh 30 million dollars for scream coming out for paramount now let's go to i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and include the number 11 movie in america so of the 11 movies top 10 11 movies in america right now at the box office we have Scream, which is a sequel, requel, reboot. Spider-Man, sequel, reboot, whatever. Sing 2, sequel, reboot. The King's Man, sequel, reboot. West Side Story, remake. Matrix Resurrections, sequel, reboot. Ghostbusters Afterlife, sequel, reboot. Seven! Seven eleven, guys. Seven of the eleven are idea void dead horse kicking reboot sequel remakes seven of the eleven whose fault is that it's your fault it's my fault it's our fault it's our fault together it's our fault it's our fault down here all that goes away the moment we pay a ticket to matrix resurrections that's my Goonies right there. Sam says, we should make a movie. I would love to make a movie, but I don't have millions of dollars. And um, I guess that really, full stop, I don't have millions of dollars. So there there you go. Um, Sam suggests a jetpack Christmas. Uh, I mean, I was kind of thinking you were going to say, uh, what was it, Wheelchair Heroes. Um I think that was last week's uh, suggestion. I don't know. But I don't have millions of dollars, guys. And that's that's kind of a requirement for, for making movies. Like the, the, the story of the, the, the scrappy underdog filmmaker is, is a thing of the past. So, um, you know, it's a sad day. But anyway, that's the show. I got to get out of here. I got things to do. I got to reset this whole set back to a two-person show for when Jake comes back next week. Um, but I do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm uh, a lot more parched and 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 hoarse from talking to you just myself for an hour. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, send us an email: driveinspeakerbox at gmail.com. Like and subscribe on the Facebook, the Twitters, the well, not the Twitters, the Twitch, the YouTubes. You can you can check out our live uh, uh, 
previous episodes on the Facebook and the YouTube. The Twitch is only the week of. Um, but you can give us money on Twitch, which is pretty cool. Um, you can always subscribe wherever you get podcasts. You don't get to see my ugly face, but um, you will get to hear my sultry, velvety voice uh, coming into your headphones wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. And with that said, I will see you guys next week. Old Slick Doggy will make his a glorious return if he, if I don't find his body killed by the ghost face killer. What's your favorite co-host, Sydney? That's a topic for another time. We'll see you guys next week. Again, thanks a lot. I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator, and this has been the Drive-In Speaker Box. Drive-In Speaker Box.